Welcome to Some Like a Pops List of Palooza. I'm Matt Tamanini, and as always, I am joined by Jennifer McHugh. Jen, are you ready to laugh uncontrollably like Drax the Destroyer? <laughs> always. You can follow Jen on Twitter at EpineenQ. You can follow me at BWWMatt. You can find all episodes of Some Like a Pop, including lists of Paloozas and special mini-episodes on BroadwayWorld.com. You can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. So please subscribe so you can get every episode of Some Like a Pop as soon as it's available. Then share the sheer all-encompassing joy that is Some Like It Pop with everyone that you know. Jen, it's been a, a little bit of like a month since our last list of Palooza in which we talked about the movies that make us cry. We're going to follow that up with something that's a little different. In fact, the complete opposite. And this is an episode counting down the top ten movies that make us laugh. I don't know that we necessarily said it this way, Jen, but the way I took it was that movies that make us laugh on multiple viewings, no matter how old they are, we still continue to laugh at them every time we see them. Not necessarily our favorite comedies, because there's some things that there's some things that would be classified as comedies that I love, but I didn't put on this list because they're not the laugh out loud, you know, knee slapper, gut busting kind of things. Am I reading the description of how you wanted this list to work correctly? Yeah, totally. I don't think there's no movie on this list that I have seen less than 10 times. Um, and if it's on, I come across it, I will watch it. But Jen, I, I do have a pretty good feeling that this is not something that we are going to overlap on much at all. We might have a few, but I'm guessing we don't have a ton. So it'll be interesting to see about this this list. I'm a little excited and a little nervous. But how this works is that I will start and count down my favorites, 10 through 6, the things that make me laugh continuously the most. Then Jen will do the same. Then we will alternate our picks 5 through 1. Number 10 is 2006's Little Miss Sunshine. This movie as a whole doesn't super make me laugh, but I have never been so shocked at how funny a single scene has been since the the Abigail Breslin dance scene in Little Miss Sunshine, and I can just think of that scene, and it makes me laugh. Number nine is 1996's Waiting for Guffman. Number eight is 1986's The Three Amigos. I still quote that movie to this day. Number seven is 1974's Young Frankenstein. And number six is 2006's Borat Cultural Learnings of America for Make Benefit Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. Jen, what's your 10 through 6? Well, uh, like you said, this is just something that makes us laugh. So I'm not going to apologize for these choices. They just make me laugh. So deal with it. Number 10 is 1981 Stripes. Number 9 is 2005's Just Friends. (laughs) I'm laughing thinking about it. Anna Faris is a genius. Number is that eight. The, wait, just friends. Yeah. Who else is in Ryan that? Re- Ryan Reynolds. That's what I thought. Yeah. And Anna Faris. And I laugh like an idiot in that movie. Um, it is worth it for the kid who plays Ryan Reynolds' little brother and Anna Faris. They're geniuses in that movie. Um, number eight is 1998's There's Something About Mary. Number seven is 1993's So I Married an Axe Murderer. And number six is 2014's What We Do in the Shadows. I have never heard of that one. What we do in the shadows? Never. I don't think. Oh, it's by it's Jermaine Clement and Taiko Watiti, and it is a yeah, mockumentary no on uh, vampires and how and like the behind the scenes lives of vampires. Oh, somebody tweeted out a, a bunch of gifs about that earlier this week for some ah. reason. I think maybe it was and, you. Uh, <laughs> maybe you were retweeting them. Reese Darby plays like the werewolf that is in their rival gang oh my god it just makes me laugh so hard 
All right, fair enough. All right, I'll have to check that one out. All right, number five on my list is one that very well might be on your list. Um, It is from 1978. It is a movie that really defined a genre, a genre that probably continues to this day. It, it, It is famous for a lot of things, one of which it is the film debut of Mr. Kevin Bacon, but that is... 1978's National Lampoon's Animal House. I mean, this is easily one of the greatest comedies of all time. It is silly, it's perverse, it's goofy, but it's pretty smart, too. Like, some of the stuff that Blutarski says, played by John Belushi, is just so dumb, it's funny. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no. Like, that still is funny to me. I'll watch it maybe at least once a year. You don't see it on TV as much. Um, in its unedited form, you'll see it on things like TBS in its its edited form, and that's not fun. I mean, it's fun, but not as fun. But this is just one of those movies where it's so dumb, it's so funny, you've got to love it. John Belushi, Tim Matheson, Peter Riegert, um, it's great. Uh, Kevin Bacon, as I mentioned, uh, John Vernon as the dean of the college, uh, Donald Sutherland uh, is in there as the, the professor who likes to toke up, Karen Allen. It's such great. I love Animal House. I love that movie too. My, I was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor is like a battle cry in my household. My one of my brothers inevitably will yell it at Christmas. <laughs> in what context? Um. Well, they're kind of jerks, and uh, oh, okay. They would just walk into a room and be like, "Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor?" And everyone yells, "No, we're not a we're not a fun people." Okay. That's fun. I mean, I kind of kind of like that. Uh, okay, Jen, what do you have as number five? Uh, my number five is from 2013. This is the end. I was literally just coming out of the Peace Corps in 2013, and I saw the trailer for this, and I saw it in Belfast, Northern Ireland, and it was the first movie theater I had been in in three and a half years. So it might be a little circumstantial, but <laughs> I laughed so hard at the just the general concept of in an apocalypse, what would actors do? Because they're just so stupid. And this group of guys, this kind of like bro fraternity that is formed around Seth Rogen and James Franco, um, they're very good at making fun of themselves. Like they mm-hmm. literally play heightened versions of themselves in this film and and literally just make fun of things that they read about themselves on the internet or they're, you know, and they're in an apocalypse and they believe that they deserve special treatment because they're actors. And I just laughed really hard. I still watch it every time it's on, if only for the finale dance sequence. But I, I just really like this movie. I was really happy that it lived up to the trailer. Cause a lot of times they don't. No, absolutely not. And I think this was like the first time again, I've never seen any of the Harry Potter movies, but I think this was the first time that we saw Emma Watson in something kind of funny right oh yeah definitely and like even in the trailer when they're like did hermione just steal all her shit i was like oh my <laughs> god this movie's gonna be genius uh it was just really funny it's just, it's just silly i just love it yeah definitely a good one all right number four for me is jen something that you mentioned and something that i edited out because we weren't 100 percent sure if it was accurate that is 1998's basketball uh, it is from the brilliant team of Trey Parker and Matt Stone. It stars them, but it was actually not written by them. But it is, we've talked about it before, it's its its a futuristic movie, kind of. It's set in the future where 
sports have become so commercialized and so individual that their two characters make up a sport that combines baseball and basketball, called basketball, and then they become these huge stars, and then of course it becomes commercialized and, and individual, uh, and they have to battle against that for their own friendship. It co-stars Yasmeen Bleeth and Jenny McCarthy, along with Ernest Borgnine. A bunch of people have cameos. Bob Costas and Al Michaels play themselves, and they are the lead commentators in the basketball league. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Daniel Earnhardt, Reggie Jackson, Jim Lampley, a bunch of people have cameos. I love this movie. It is so dumb, but it is so funny. I will still quote this all the time, because at one point, Bob Costas says, You're excited. Feel these nipples. This is Bob Costas, the most revered man in baseball journalism, saying that in a movie. And then Al Michaels, these basketball games can go into super extra innings. They've been going on for like 100 innings. Al Michaels has dozed off while he is calling a game. And Bob Costas tries to wake him up. Al Michaels says, as Bob Costas is waking him up, No, Daddy, don't touch me there. This is Al Michaels, literally one of the greatest announcers in play-by-play history, just saying these absurdly gross things, and and I love this movie. Again, like you said, with This Is The End, you're coming out of the Peace Corps, so it could be circumstantial. This is something that happened in the summer before my senior year of high school, so I'm very partial to that as well. But I love basketball. This will not be the last time that A, that summer is mentioned, and B, that Trey Parker and Matt Stone are mentioned. You've still never seen. Yeah, but, you know, whatever. I mean, I'm always for movies that make people laugh. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Jen, what do you have for number four? My number four. See, now I'm just going to giggle through this whole list. My number four is 2008's Hamlet 2. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, For those of you who haven't seen it, I just, it's so dark and, and stupid. Uh if you need a really, really like senseless laugh, Steve Coogan, who's one of those British comedian geniuses that we just don't see enough of, uh, he's a, plays a washed-up high school teacher with drama kids, and they decide to write a sequel to Hamlet starring Jesus. <laughs> it's just so bad. And Elizabeth Shue is in it, and she makes fun of herself, and... They, the performance of Hamlet 2 at the end, I listened to this sound, this soundtrack like way too much, especially the song Raped in the Face. Oh, wow. But the big musical number of the show is Rock Me Sexy Jesus. It's not mm-hmm. for people who don't have a sense of humor because they get <laughs> real, real dark. But boy, does it make me laugh. So that's my number four. Definitely uh, Rock Me Sexy Jesus is a classic. Okay, number three on my list came out the same summer as Basketball, less than a month before, and that is the all-time classic Norm MacDonald vehicle, Dirty Work, another movie, Jen, that you've never seen. Uh, It stars Norm MacDonald and Artie Lang, of all people, as two kind of grown-up friends who don't have a whole lot going on, not unlike... Trey and Matt in basketball, and they decide to open up a business and the only thing that they are good at at all, and that is revenge. They play pranks on people for money. They make a pretty big business out of it. They get into a little bit of trouble, and it's just so dumb. It just gives people an opportunity to do stupid things. Um, Norm MacDonald is one of my all-time favorites. He is great. Also a great follow on Twitter. But Norm MacDonald's in it. Artie Lang is in it. Jack Warden plays Artie Lang's father. Trailer Howard from Two Guys, a Girl, and a Pizza Place, along with Monk, is in it. 
Chris Farley. This is the last movie that ever came out starring Chris Farley um, before he died. Chris Farley has a line in this that I can't quote because it is not something you should say in mixed company, but it's hilarious. Christopher McDonald, uh, Chevy Chase, Don Rickles, Rebecca Romaine, John Goodman, Adam Sandler, Gary Coleman. Uh, it's just great. It's it's so dumb. It's so stupid. Um, and it was directed by Bob Saget. So if you if you don't like Norm Macdonald, you've at least got Saget, and you can't really go wrong with Saget. Yeah, um, this basketball and what I'm sure is your number one, I think you recommend to me at least once a week since we've known each other. Not not once a week, but anytime oh, we talk about comedies, anytime we talk about comedies, these are some of my favorites. So, all right, Jen, what do you have as number three? Uh, for number three, a lot of this comes back to my brothers because I think my sense of humor was, you know, formed by them. Uh, 1984's Johnny Dangerously. <laughs> And it's um, oh. stars Michael Keaton, yeah. and it is a, a farcical parody of mob movies. And it's just one of those kind of Angie Tribeca-ish, like really silly uh, sight gags and and stupid little recurring jokes. Um, one of our favorites that we always quote at home is, "My mother punched me in the nuts once." once and um that's joe piscopo who is this recurring consigliere to the mob boss and um it is really silly and if you want to see like michael keaton in his comedy heyday like he's obviously a great actor and he's really kind of having a second coming of age right now as these all these great parts but in the 80s he was all about the the comedies and this i think is one of his best and it's joe piscopo and um peter boyle and mary lou henner and it's just it's it's just super silly, and there's a there's an Italian character in it, and they just make fun of him so bad in his accent, and um, like he always says, "You Fargan sneaky bastards," and it's just stupid. It's 100% stupid, and it's embarrassing to watch and laugh at, but I laugh every time. Nothing wrong with a good Michael Keaton comedy, if only for when he introduces himself and uh, Mary Lou Henner says, "Are you aware your last name is an adverb?" <laughs> Speaking of stupid movies, uh, my number two came out in in 2005, and I don't know that I've ever quoted a movie as much as I've quoted this one. It is definitely an all-time comedy as far as I'm concerned. It comes from the great comedic team of Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn. Um, It is 2005's Wedding Crashers. I don't feel like I need to explain this one. They crash weddings. Um, they end up crashing the wedding of the sister to Rachel McAdams and Isla Fisher. These two guys end up falling in love with two sisters. They're there under false pretenses, and that causes problems, especially when their father, played by Christopher Walken, who's the U.S. Secretary of the Treasury, finds out, doesn't approve. You've also got Jane Seymour being super creepy. But, of course, to this day, the line that I still quote all the time. Jen, do you have any guesses as to what line that is? Uh, the one that I always quote is, you shut your mouth when you're talking to me. That's a good one. That's Rebecca de Mornay. That's a good one. But mine is, Ma, the meatloaf. All the time. <laughs> all Will the Ferrell. time. Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell makes that movie. Yeah, it's so good. I love this movie. It's so funny. Um I'm going to say it. This might be controversial. I like Rachel McAdams as a brunette better than a blonde. Um, But it's just so good. It's funny. This was really, too, Jen, I think this is the first time that I saw 
Bradley Cooper in a film. I don't. I can't think of any other. I mean, he'd obviously done TV before, um, but I don't. Um, know. I'm going to school you right now. Okay. Wet Hot American Summer. Still never seen it. Okay. You know what? Sorry, you haven't seen basketball, so you know all's nope. fair in comedy war. Um, but yeah, this was really the thing that really. Um, kind of, I don't know if I can say catapulted him, but this was like the first thing and just a string of big hits um, from the Wedding Crashers to the Hangover to Limitless, Silver Lining Playbook, American Hustle, blah, 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 Guardians, and so on and so forth. Um, just so funny. Just so dumb. There's a string. You can see that the movies that I like, for the most part, are super dumb. But I think you kind of have to... I, I, I mean, I recommend that. Yes, I like stupid, dumb comedies. But I think to have a movie that makes you laugh over and over and over again, it can't be super intellectual. Because at some point, you're just like, yeah, I get it. If it's just dumb and knee-jerk reaction comedy, that's the one that's going to make you laugh for years and years and years. It is. I, I don't have... Uh, I think the most intellectual comedy on my list is what we do in the shadows. Like, And, and it's not really that intellectual. Like, It's just stupid humor. Like, It's, it's dick jokes and you know, potty humor that you would laugh at like you were 12 years old. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Everybody likes to be 12 and laugh at fart jokes and poop jokes and dick jokes. That's that's fun. No one's above that. And if you are, I don't want to be your friend. All right, Jen, what do you have as number two? <laughs> number two is uh, 2002's Austin Powers Gold Member. <laughs> Whoa, didn't expect that one. Yeah. So before... Tom Cruise went on his Hey, I'm Crazy tour. And before Gwyneth Paltrow became an out-of-touch, white-privileged person, the opening sequence of Goldmember was one of the most genius things I've ever seen, um, where it was them filming a movie about Austin Powers' life. And you see this action sequence, but when he gets off the bike, Tom Cruise is Austin Powers, Gwyneth Paltrow is the girl, Danny DeVito's mini-me and Kevin Spacey is Dr. Evil. You're like, what is happening? And between that and the whole prison sequence with uh, Dr. Evil and Mini-Me, you know, rapping to get out of prison. I just went with a group of people, and I've never laughed so hard. And I'm not going to lie. I peed a little. So, you know, <laughs> it's always going to go down as one of the movies that made me laugh the hardest. And I love the whole Austin Powers series, but for some reason that – really clinched it for me, especially with Michael Caine. And um, I just really love that movie. No apologies. No, no need to apologize. This is the second Mike Myers movie in your list, I believe, correct? Oh, I love Mike Myers. So I married an ex-murderer. I will watch over and over again. Okay, here's a story that will, you'll understand why I'm telling it here shortly. Um, Recently, it's been announced that ABC is going to revive the gong show. And it is going to be host. They're doing a bunch of those seventies, eighties. Do you know what I'm talking about? I sure do. Ralph told me all about it. Okay, thank you, Ralph Garman. They're doing you know the match game and and all those other things. But the Gong Show is going to be hosted by a retired British comedian named Tommy Maitland. He's got a Twitter handle at Mr. Tommy Maitland. ABC sent out the bio, the press release with his bio and everything. You know, made they made jokes in it about. Um, ABC came to see if he'd want to host this show. He said, um, thanks, I'm really flattered, but I'm retired. They said, we're going to offer you this much money. He said, I'm really flattered I'm no longer retired. Um, so Tommy Maitland is going to be the host of The Gong Show, except for when you start to do a little bit of research on Tommy Maitland's career, you realize Tommy Maitland doesn't exist. Tommy Maitland is not a real person. 
And while it has not been confirmed, most people think if you put the picture of Tommy Maitland that they released next to a picture of Mike Myers, most people are pretty convinced that it is actually Mike Myers in an Andy Kaufman-style gag costume playing this character who's going to be the host of the gong show. It made me think of, of Austin Powers, obviously, and Axe Murderer, to be quite frank, when he played just a bunch of characters uh, in the movie. And uh, I have no idea what this is going to be like. But Mike Myers as Tommy Maitland hosting the gong show sounds about perfect. Yeah, Ralph had talked about it um, last week, and I think he's only doing press as Tommy Maitland, and they're going to try and get him on the show as Tommy Maitland, but I think it's just wonderful. It um, kind of has the spirit of Jiminy Glick, and uh, like you said, so I married an axe murderer, to which I still, to this day, quote, we have a piper down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I really have a piper. Okay, sorry. Yeah, What's your number that's one? That's all right. That's good. Number one, you you know what it is. It's South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. We've talked about this movie many, many times before. Uh, I've never seen a full episode of the TV show of South Park, but this movie is in my top five all time. It's my favorite comedy. It's my favorite on this list as well. Written uh, by Trey Parker, Matt Stone, along with their South Park partner of Pam Brady. Trey directed it. They obviously do a bunch of the voices. You've also got Isaac Hayes doing the voice, George Clooney. Uh, Eric Idle, Mini Driver in there. It includes music by Broadway's own Mark Shaman. It's just so dumb. But it's dumb in the South Park way that is incredibly intelligent, very political in its dumbness. Um, and now, to be honest with you, it's probably even more culturally significant now and culturally relevant now than it was back in 1999 when it was released with the whole Blame Canada thing. We're having a lot of Blame Other People going on in the country right now, so I would uh, love to see how it is. it would play nowadays. The thing that you mentioned, which, uh, what movie was it you, you talked about listening? Oh, was it was it Hamlet 2 where you listened to the soundtrack that you mentioned? Yeah. Okay, you listened to the soundtrack of Hamlet 2. I listened to the soundtrack for South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut on repeat in my car, this came out the summer after I graduated high school and into college. I'll still turn it on. It's it's one of the few albums that I have on my phone that I can just turn on. The songs in here are so great. I love it so much. Um, I won't beat the dead horse because we've talked about it before, but it, it really, really is a fantastic movie. I agree. All right, Jen, what is your number one movie that continues to make you laugh even though you've seen it dozens and dozens of times? My number one movie is the only movie that we have overlapped on our lists on. Oh. So do you want to guess what it is? Okay, looking through my list. Is it is it is it Animal House? No. Oh. Wedding Crashers? <laughs> no. Waiting for Guffman. Correct. Oh, okay. I've done community theater for a long time. And this movie stands on its own and it's very funny, but if you have been in any sort of form of community theater, these people exist. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. these are real people. And I do mean Quirky, and I do mean Fred and Sheila. Like, these are real people. I watched it with a group of my friends that I do community theater with. And it was just like, we could have named every one of those people. And it's, you know, this, t this wonderful Christopher Guest canon of recurring characters, not the same characters, but recurring actors, I should say. And they do this, you know, semi-improved scripts. And Catherine O'Hara is my unequivocal favorite actress of all time. And her and Eugene Levy are magic together. I always talk about Schitt's Creek. And 
But in this movie, she is a married couple with Fred Willard. Fred and Sheila, um, the dentist that Eugene Levy plays, the incomparable Parker Posey, as plays the local Dairy Queen girl, you know, the ingenue. And Corky St. Clair, you know, it, it's a legendary character. It began, I believe, as a bit part on Saturday Night Live in the early 80s, where he choreographed a, a synchronized swimming sketch with Martin Short and uh, Harry Shearer. Do you remember that? I don't remember that sketch at all, but you're throwing out names like Martin Short and Harry Shearer. Those are definitely old school SNL folks. Very famous um did SNL short about synchronized swimming, men's synchro, and Corky St. Clair is the choreographer. And now to have this whole movie where he's just going to make the greatest music of all time about Blaine, Blaine, Missouri. And it makes me laugh every time. I, I can't, any of these movies, I could have put in number one, but this just cuts a little close to home because of the yeah. theater connection. Well, that's why I included it on my list, but I very well, the one for me that I think probably gets the least amount of pub, but I probably liked next to Waiting to Guffman the most, was A Mighty Wind. You know, obviously a lot of people talk about, obviously, Spinal Tap, which might be the best comedy of all time for a lot of people, but also Best in Show, which is also great. But, you know, other than Waiting for Guffman, I loved A Mighty Wind. Me too. Um, Mighty Wind, Best in Show. Uh, what was the other one? For it Your wasn't Consideration. That one. I wasn't there a recent one? Oh, they just did the one on Netflix about mascots. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime this group of people get together, Christopher Guest is just at the helm. You, you know, you're in for a, a good time. Not only that, but but Christopher Guest, when you know who he is married to, you're like, wait, what? It's the same thing that he's married to Jamie Lee Curtis. You're like, oh, okay, that gives me a whole new set of expectations as to what Jamie Lee Curtis is like in real life. The same thing when you find out that Blake Edwards is married, uh, the guy who directed the, the Pink Panther movies and all these things, when you realize that he's married to Julie Andrews and you're like, oh wait, Julie Andrews is married to this guy who makes these goofy comedies and she actually is incredibly profane and swears all the time. Like <laughs> some of these relationships are like, wait, what? That's kind of funny. But yeah, Christopher Guest is a genius um, and he's Let's so funny. Um, Six-fingered man and in Princess Bride. Oh, yeah, of course. He's an actor in addition to all these uh, these things that he's done. He's just uh, he's just so good. And and uh, he's also just for what it's worth, he's also a former member of the British Parliament. <laughs> so, um good for him. Also, um fun fact, Jamie Lee Curtis got her eyebrows done at my work and I said, "Oh, I love your husband." And she said, "Thanks. Me too." Yeah. And in, <laughs> I in hindsight, I probably could have said I'm a fan of yours, but <laughs> I just jumped right to you're married to one of the greatest guys ever. Yeah. I mean, you yay know. feminism. Yeah. Well, whatever. At least you didn't say like, I love your parents. You know, that could have been even worse, you know, going Janet Lee and Tony Curtis, but whatever. She's which, got a great which family. I did, overall. But yeah. Yeah. I just, course. I should have said, I just love your pedigree. Yeah. I love everyone you're related to you. Not so much, but I love you anyway. Oh. Um, yeah, anyway, so that's a great one, um, uh, Waiting for Guffman, the only one we overlap on. Pretty interesting. Okay, Jen, now that we've talked about these things that make us laugh, the last time we talked about things that make us cry, tell us what is our next list of Palooza topic that hopefully will make us laugh and or cry. Uh, I was wondering if you would be interested in counting down our top 10 favorite animated features. 
Yeah, I can do that. I mean, I feel like you're going to know what my number one is. Um, well, yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> it's going to be the same as this one. But I can do that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think I can come up with a good list of ten. Okay, then. All right. So our next list of Palooza will be our top ten animated features. I'm just going to say this now, Jen. South Park is number one on my list, so I am actually going to eliminate it, as we've done in the past before when things are obvious. South Park will be in a league of its own. Nope, that's not an animated movie, but it'll be on its own. I'll come up with a list of ten others, just so we keep a little bit of suspense for our listeners. We'll call it the top ten animated features, South Park not included. (laughs) Well, you can include South Park if you want. Um, I just won't. Thanks for listening to Something Like a Pop's List of Palooza, episode 13. You can find all of our episodes on broadwayworld.com. You can get new episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at SLIP Podcast. You can follow Janet, Ebony, and Q, and me at BWWMATT. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you around the Broadway world. Welcome to Something Like a Pop's List of Palooza. I'm Matt Timonini, and as always, I'm Doid Jennifer McHugh. Let me do that again, because I think I stumbled over all those words. You said Doid. <laughs> <laughs>